Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, now, two guys who discovered that making toast in the bathtub just hits different. Chris and the Riz. Hey, Heidi Ho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 355. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and good-looking co-host, Jeff the Riz. Rizden, how are you doing, brother? <laughs> it is great to be with you on a, a wonderful... We got we have actual football to talk about, Chris, and that makes me very happy because I'm tired of speculating. We can talk about actual things that happened that matter. We can, we can, we can. And it's is it odd that we're going backwards a number on the uh, the countdown of the episode numbers? We, we might have pre-recorded something today. <laughs> oh, uh, uh. I, I, I like to ruin the magic. You know, I, this isn't Disney I here. Kind of, I, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but if you're going to say it, um, yeah. That's pretty yeah, you, you might see something that we did earlier later. <laughs> All right. We've got a giant show today. It's always great to see Riz. I don't care how many times a day I see him. I'll just tell you straight up. We've got a huge announcement coming. Giganticized announcement coming. Probably the biggest we've had yet. Uh, we've got to talk about the Lions' loss to the 49ers, which told us a lot about this team. We're going to go over an injury re- report. We have an interview coming up that we're going to talk about that's really, really smoking. Uh, we're going to do a little thing about potential talent we're looking for as a result of that first game and what's going on. And we're going to take a soft little jaunt around the division. A whole lot more. We've got a great show lined up. Riz, are you ready to go, my brother? Oh, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. We're going to get right into it. I had to get my first little comment out there on the YouTube chat. Hey, folks, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. And yes, FTP. That's how we want to start this show off. Okay, yeah, we, we did tease a little in the intro. We've got a gigantic announcement tomorrow. Look for it on YouTube in the morning-ish, and uh, mm-hmm. you'll see it drop. It's It's gigantic. It is gigantic for us. You guys that have been with us since the beginning are going to be, I think, I think you're going to be blown away. I, we've, we've talked about things that have happened that have been big or whatever in the, in the past, but this one is, I mean, this is, this is, is this, 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 this was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and it's cool how it's come together and how, um, uh, how you've helped set this thing up. Um, you've done the, the vast majority of the work on this and I commend you for that. Um, it's, it's really cool though. And people are going to really enjoy what's coming with us and with the announcement tomorrow and yeah. with what's going on with that. It's going to be because uh, you're, you're really going to like it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. One hundred percent. I've got a, I'll go to the, the, uh, the, the comments one more time. Please smash that like button. And while you're there, hit the subscribe and the bell. Please. We appreciate when you yeah, do that. Please subscribe. That way you'll know when the announcement's coming. Yeah, that's, it is a big one. Um, yeah. So, so get in there, get that and, uh, and, and take care of that. Uh, those subscribes really do help us with the algorithm and those likes and all that. So thank you guys for doing that. All right. First thing, let's get into it. I want to talk about Riz. There's a lot of individuals to talk about here. There's a lot that happened last Sunday in that game against those, those dirty 49ers. Um, we did hear about a, a kneecap that 
suspiciously has taken a man out on the 49ers team for the rest of the season. That's interesting. Um, is, is it a coincidence? I think not. But we want to talk about the, what we learned about the Detroit Lions as a whole before we get into the individuals. What did we learn about this team? We spent an entire offseason thinking, speculating, analyzing, deciding what this team was going to be. What did we find out on Sunday? I think we found out that Dan Campbell understands what he's got. I think we found out that they have heart, that they have passion, that they're going to play every snap like it's the last one that they're ever going to play in the NFL. Um, most of the players anyway, it's not all, but more than not, yeah. um, gave a great effort on it. I also think that we saw that there's a limit to the talent on hand, uh, especially uh, on the perimeter of the team, and that would be both on offense and defense. And that is a very limiting factor in 2021. But we kind of knew that it was going. We knew that sort of coming in. This was kind of more validation of, of our preconceived notion that the team might struggle with the young secondary and would definitely struggle at wide receiver. That happened. But, uh, you know, I, I, overall, I was happy for the most part. I loved the comeback. The comeback was something that we wouldn't have seen under Matt Patricia because I don't think as many players would have been rowing in the same direction at that time. When you got 38 to 10 halfway through the third quarter, Check out, check yeah. out, please. <laughs> Here's your key. Time to yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> and and we so when we go around the division, we'll talk about another team that did absolutely check out on their coach and on their leader <laughs> during a situation like that. <laughs> so, um, so from that standpoint, it was a positive. And the other thing, I had fun Sunday. Oh my god! I I, I had like like uh, even when they were down thirty eight to ten. Um, I, I was here with my daughter, but my son and, and wife were gone, but my daughter's like, dad, the score. I'm like, yeah, but it, it, I don't, I don't feel like, like, I don't want to die. I don't want to go, you know, I don't want to throw a toaster in a hot tub or anything. I felt, I felt pretty good, honestly. Like, like I knew that we were going to lose and it was sort of cathartic. Like, okay, we got the loss over right away. Yeah. Like I don't have to worry about how they're going to blow this game right. or what's going to happen negative. That's going to make me feel bad about it. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, the, the ending on the up note was was significant for me. It, it made me feel much better about the day. I think, yeah, and I think what we we saw a couple things. I mean, this was actually a winnable game, right? There's a couple of plays that could have turned the tide oh in the game. Yes, but if and if ifs and buts were beer and sluts, we'd all be living our best life. Um, it's just not the way it works out, right? It's just not the way it worked out. We dug ourselves a deep hole as a team. We had some great play, and when we missed, we missed big, right? Which with young talent who's really playing on heart the way they were is something you kind of expect. If they're going to miss, they're going to miss big. So so that's okay, fine, I, I get that. But what they showed, you know, after that pick six, a Matt-Patricia team would have packed it up. They'd already been on the plane and, and on their way out. You know, it, it, it would have been done. That was such a bad throw. You look oh. at the stands in Ford Field, the first game back after COVID, and how empty they were. How many people, people in the stands that paid money to go there gave up? And that team yep. didn't. That team was down 38 to 10 and took it to the very last possession. That game, that team showed 10 times the heart of half the crowd in that damn stadium. I'm just telling yeah. you, that was, you know, there, you know, there were people walking out to their cars and they're like, it, 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 it's what, what we got an onside kick. What, what J- <laughs> Trey flowers punched the ball. Out. We got the ball back. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, uh, I, I remember um, there was a Mac championship game and I don't remember what year it was, but uh, my son and I went and we left a little early because like the, the one team was ahead by 17 points with like four minutes to go. 
And it wound up, the game was ended on a game, a missed game tying field goal. Mm. And we missed all that. We're like, we were, we're walking by Chelios' bar, like, like America. We're like, <laughs> what was going on here? Like it, it turned that fast. Yep. That That's kind of what happened in this game. That's one of the reasons why you don't leave early. Yep. Um, because uh, you never know what's going to happen. 100%. 100%. That was awesome to watch. What do you, how much of this as a team, Riz? So we can talk about heart. We can talk about the never give up spirit. We talked. If you haven't seen our interview with Jerry Jacobs, go back right after the show and go watch it. I'm telling you, if you want to understand that spirit that he talked about, that never give up, that got him a spot on this roster, it literally permeated that whole team. That was, if there was any narrative that I would say uh, came out of that, it's that never give up spirit. Let me ask you, how much of what we saw was a team of guys who'd never played together really in the preseason, shaking the rust off and trying to figure each other out and kind of put it together in the fourth quarter versus, hey, they played hard, they gritted it out, they put something together. We really still don't know what we're going to see in quarter one next week. You know, I, I think I think especially on the offensive side of the football, we're looking at a team that doesn't have a lot of chemistry together and a lot of experience together, and that showed. Uh, it even showed in the second half when they were making the comeback. There were opportunities there for both Goff and his receivers to make plays, and A or B didn't do it. Um, and some of that is lack of chemistry. Some of it is just lack of, like, they're just not that great. That you know, This is not, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo throwing to Debo Samuel. We don't, we don't have that. We've got to we've got to do things a little bit differently, and it, it, it requires not falling behind thirty eight to ten. <laughs> it requires your defense making some plays earlier in the game. Yeah. But yeah, I I'm encouraged by the way that they did come together. But that there was tangible improvement from the first half to the second half on both sides of the football. I like that a lot. Yeah. That tells me that that whatever they did at halftime, and and I do think that the concept of of halftime adjustments is overrated, but I do think the halftime attitude is very real. And I think that what Dan Campbell sold his team on was, let's go out and win the second half, boys, and let's kick some ass, and let's prepare, and let's set the tone that we're not going to be pushovers, that we're not going to fall behind um, and just give up and roll over, that you're going to have to come, and and we're going to bite your ass kneecaps off, come on climbing back. And that's exactly what they did. He, He kept his promise. (laughs) <laughs> Let's put that on the docket next time we talk to Jerry to talk about halftime adjustments because things are adjusted at halftime, whether it's people's attitude and how they're attacking and playing within a scheme. I mean, you're not dropping a playbook and playing by right. a different playbook, right? but there yeah. absolutely are adjustments into the way people are playing and the way that they're attacking the other side of the ball. Um, let's let Jerry kind of clarify for folks because I think there's people on – and, and I'm not saying this is you, Jeff, but I think people are over over exaggerating on both sides of the. There's not really any adjustments versus. Oh yeah, they do right. massive adjustments yeah. in the in the. Yeah, half my take is that X's and O's don't get tweaked a lot, other than like, okay, um, their left tackle rolled his ankle. He's not 100. percent Let's 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 send more pressure that side. That those type of things happen. As far as like, oh my God, we we we, we got to change what we're doing playbook wise and and, and scheme wise from what we practiced all week. That, that doesn't really happen. Right. But the other side of it, you just touched on, the attitude part, the, the testicular fortitude part, that absolutely comes out at halftime. And that is something that if we go back into time, was not something that Jim Caldwell was good at. It was certainly not something that, that Matt Patricia was good at. Yeah. It was something that Jim Schwartz was good at. Yeah. And, well, I, and, and I like that quality carrying over and, and coming back because – but look, I know Stafford and, and the, the Lions had a ton of comebacks under those other coaches as well. 
but it always felt different, um, especially like just the, the if you were at the game or if you were at practices, there was something about Schwartz's intensity that rubbed off on his team. Yeah, yep. And I think you saw that. And, and honestly, I don't think it was necessarily from Dan Campbell. I think it was from guys like Aubrey Pleasant, Antoine Randall L., um, Anthony Lynn getting on guys on the side, um, our, our friend Hank Fraley getting on guys at the side, like, like the former players that were on there are like, y'all gonna have some pride in this man. <laughs> and, and and they did, they took, they took it. Yeah. Um, and, and I, that tells me that Dan Campbell understands what his coaching staff will do. And I think they passed his test with flying colors on that. Yeah. And, and for a, a staff that hadn't worked together before, hadn't ever done a real game together before that told me a lot about the narrative on Dan Campbell needs to change both locally and nationally that but it, it might work guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've, you've not heard different from Chris or I, but there, there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, you know, the gimmicks are nice and everything, but can he actually coach a game? Yeah, he kind of did. Yeah, I, and really and did. did a pretty good job against it against what I think um, I was. They're a good I'll, team. I'll, let's let's not. I, I'll, I'll take the lion's head off for a second. I underestimated the 49ers. Um, specifically their offensive ability to throw the football to multiple weapons. I didn't think Jimmy G had that in him. I didn't think their line was that good. I thought their line played very well. And I didn't think that their receivers outside of Debo um, could, and, and Kittle, I mean, Kittle's just, Kittle's a God, my Lord, that guy's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. as, as much as we love Hawkinson, like you saw, like, okay, he's, he just, he's just not that yeah. <laughs> like we can want him to be at like 95% of that. That would be fantastic. But Kittle is like, that's a hall of famer walking through the door right there. And, and uh, uh, I, I probably uh, sold them a little short on that. Um, so you, so my, my head is off to them for that. To be, really quick, back to the adjustments thing. I'll tell you if a wide receiver sees that a corner is biting on a quick inside move every time, right? Right. Look, he can, he can tell the coaches or the coaches can see that and they will go in at halftime and say, look, man, he is biting on this every time. Let's call a play where I pull the inside move and the ball is timed and it's a timing play, right? With an inside move. Cause I'm going to get maximum separation. That's how you kind of scheme separation. You, you look at tendencies of players where you're beating right. them and you hit them at the very moment that you know, you're beating them. And then you can scheme that kind of thing. In the play. Those kind of tendencies and those kinds of things. And, 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 and a guy might this you know film tells you a lot but maybe this week he's got a little uh, a little tweaked up hip and he's he's mm-hmm. he's playing just a bit different those kind of things are things that guys see and adjust to and those are things that you call kind of adjustments as you're learning what's happening with the the opponent yes. player the guy you're playing against so those are some of the things yes. you see we never saw anything change between halves with Matty P and what we saw today was two different we- teams we might have had a a certain player um, exiled from Detroit for bringing those things up at a halftime once upon a time. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's let's. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, this is the highest I've ever been after a loss, a Lions loss. I really believe. I can't remember a time that I've been this delta eight or delta ten. <laughs> well, thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> uh, right there. How great is that? <laughs> um, neither nor, but I tell you, this is the stuff. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Thank you for that. Um, let's talk really quick. Uh, while we're, we're we're riding high, let's take the, the probably the lowest point of the game, the big loss, Jeff Okuda, ruptured Achilles. This, that hurts, This man. hurts not just win losses this year. This is something that really could be a long-term issue for the team. And, and, I I just just I, I've talked to Jeff through Jerry um, 
this this week and and really gave him our best and 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 uh, yeah. you know really really pulling for the guy. He's a, he's a young guy with the right freaking attitude. The the exchange with him and Aubrey Pleasant on the sideline, man, was one that just I, I I felt it. I saw it. I was just like, man, this is really a passionate pair. You know what I mean? Guys that that guys that can yell at each other like that. And then hug at the end. There's something that's a special kind of relationship. That's, you know what I mean? I hate to I, see. This. I loved it. I love. I, I loved that whole exchange. I love the yelling yep. because what Aubrey was saying, "Do your job." He's right. Okuda didn't do his job on that play. That was that was the, the long run. You know, he he didn't do the right thing. Um, but then after he got beat on a play where he did most of the right things, he just didn't find the ball. And then Will Harris did the wrong thing and allowed the touchdown. Um, he consoled him. That's. That's coaching, man. Like that, that, that's that's how I want my kids coached. If they're not doing it right, they need to know. Yeah. Um. And and, and they have to understand the 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 stakes. You know, like you you we lost a touchdown because you didn't do your job right, and we're depending on you to do it. And we know you can do it. That was that was the the subtext with Aubrey going to Jeff and Jeff talking back to him. I'll do it. And he trusts him to do it. And it didn't happen. And he wanted to know why and, and wanted him to understand the gravity of the situation. And he. Oh, oh, oh. There we go. Okay. Sorry. Had a little bit of connection problem. I'll tell you, uh, I'll just continue on what you said. I, um, I had my, my son, I signed him up for a known yelling coach. Um, back in the day when he was playing so that he had to experience that. And then I signed up as an assistant coach and I yelled more. Um, <laughs> it was one of those things where we really, really thought that it was the kind of thing to help you grow. I, I didn't feel that just that kind of soft shoe kind of approach 100% of the time from the folks that he was playing was what he needed. And it was good for him. He grew a lot to have a coach that wasn't just his dad, right? But to come out and tell him when he did something wrong and needed to do something better. And then again, when he did something right. Uh, quick super chat. Could have had Herbert, but took Okuda. Coming from a frustra- frustrated Oregon alumni Lions fan. Also loved they, they were never taking a, They were never taking a quarterback in that draft. That didn't even cross their mind. Yep. Um, that regime was under a win-now mandate. They were never taking a quarterback. So yep. don't even think about that. They, they, they did not like Tua, by the way. Um, and that, that take is kind of vacillating out in the world right now. Um, the first place Dolphins will... We'll tell you that they're they're pretty happy with what has developed, but um, they, they they did not consider a quarterback, not even for a millisecond in that draft. So just put that one out. The only other player that they credibly considered was Derek Brown. That's the only other player that would have mm-hmm. been at number three. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. Nobody else. I can tell you that factually. And you can say I wish, but it was just who we had as coaches, who we had as GMs, who we had across the board um, on the team. At that point in time, and it's it's you know it's regrettable. It is what it is. Look, we everybody was surprised when Matthew Stafford said he was going to leave. Everybody was surprised when he wanted to leave. Nobody's taken. Look what happened when they took Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. Imagine pulling, uh, uh, bringing Herbert in, especially after Senior Bowl. Remember Senior Bowl, Riz? He was not good there. He was not he good was, there. And, and he was like. Pulling like, him in, and and while you have Matthew Stafford, the rift, the problems that would have caused, yeah. it would have been an absolute train. Like, yeah, and and that was the thing was that they did get to know him there, and he just he just wasn't an inspiring dude. That, that it, it's weird that he's become what he is. And by the way, he played very well again this past weekend too. Um, yeah. give, give him credit. Yeah, um, he's become better than I thought he ever would be already. Yeah, 100%. um, and and so remember remember the narrative on. 
going into his last year, um, because he was he, he a lot of people thought he was going to come out in the 19 draft, and he's like, no, I wanted to say I wanted to you know get these things done. The big knock on him was that like. He had Panay Sewell. He had a really great offensive line, and he was still seeing ghosts in the pocket. Like he was, he was, he was scared witless back there. Um, and um, he didn't necessarily get over that. But if you watch him with the Chargers, he's like, I'm not pressure. <laughs> I'm afraid of no Touchdown. ghosts. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's a remarkable testament to him. It really is. Um, I'm, I'm very happy for him because he, he's a he's a guy that is easy to like when you watch his personality and then watch the way that he interacts with teammates um, much more so than some other quarterbacks who have come out in recent years. Let's uh, talk about that injury to, um, to Jeff Okuda and what that means. Not just, you know, okay. So he's yeah. out this year. Okay. Well, well, he'll be back next year. What's the word on Achilles though. The long-term prognosis here is on, on something like that. It's better today than it was five years ago, but it is. It, it, it absolutely is. And uh, his does need surgery. Um, they actually do try to get those non-surgically repaired now. His did, he did have the surgery for it. And I believe they put the cadaver one in. Um, I'm fairly certain that's still what they do. I know that right. the, um, my friend Tom just blew his out uh, playing volleyball like three weeks ago. And I know that happened for him. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's a rough injury. And, and unfortunately, Chris, you and I are at the age where, where us and our peers are going to start blowing those out with more regularity. Uh, yeah. Um, be careful there folks i had something pop um, in my knee it's been kind of numb inside ever since like i'm oh, afraid man. to even just get it looked at i'm just like it doesn't hurt i'm just gonna keep moving <laughs> let's just uh, go I, I'm, <laughs> I'm milking this uh this right knee as long as i can i, I have osteonecrosis in my right knee my, my knee bone is dying um from from a volleyball injury i got need under the net and the, the it, it killed the very bottom stem of my my femur um and it hurts a lot especially when it's cold um but but that's a different injury okuda should recover, he will not recover 100% of his vertical leap. He will not recover 100% of his acceleration and speed, um, mm-hmm. of, of instant speed. He can recover the long speed once he gets going, mm-hmm. but you just never get that that explosiveness back. You're, you're going to be anywhere between like 85 to 95% as a best case. Now, he is not necessarily a guy that relies on speed to win, although that's certainly part of his arsenal. Um, he, he I, I worry about it. Um, I, I think, I think our friend Mike Payton at, at Pride of Detroit did the, the research on it where he talked to an orthopedist about the, the, the success rate. I, I'm, I, I'm not sure if it was Mike or not. I know somebody POD did. I think it was Mike. Um, so I, I, I'll give them credit as a, as an entity there. Um, and he was like, I think it was 77% of folks come back and like, they're fine with it, but that's that's 23 percent that that never do and mm-hmm. we we can name the guys that never have come back from it and that's you know Mikel LaShore being the prime example yeah, uh, yeah. from a lion's land this was a guy I can tell you that Jim Schwartz absolutely loved that guy he loved him the way that Tommy Lee loves Tommy Lee uh, and they, it, <laughs> and like and and, and. <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> Great love, and and that was just a and and he never came back from that, like like not even close. Um, so that's your worst case scenario. Your best case scenario is that he's Terrell Suggs and comes back in eight months and is playing like he never had it. Um, that can happen too. We're just gonna have to see on it. The good thing, if there is a good thing about tearing your Achilles, is that he did it in week one. That's maximum recovery time for 2022. <laughs> I mean, he, I, I'm not I'm not trying to be Mr. Brightside on that or anything, but 
it's better than doing it on Christmas, you know, then, then he'd be out most of next year too. There's a chance for him to come back and become a corner or possibly move to safety, um, which based on how he's played cornerback might not be a terrible move, especially with these safeties on this team. Uh, yeah. Um, there'll be options. He'll be back. He'll be, he'll, he'll try. Um, you talked about his attitude. We love his attitude. We loved seeing his attitude. Every, every single person in the media even the person that we don't mention by name on this show, um, who we hate, has raved about how good Jeff Okuda was this summer and how how involved he was and how much more confident and how much more energetic and, and ebullient with his leadership qualities that he was. Yep. And those are things that we absolutely had to see, and it was great to see it. And that's why it sucks so bad to see him go down, especially when he didn't have a very good game. Because, um, quite frankly, he didn't play well. Um, and... and it bugs me that there's all this, oh, the bust talk. Um, if you want to make it an injury-related bust, I'll, I'll buy that at this point. If you're talking about his gameplay, like like the fact that he sucks, or that, that he, oh, he sucked at Ohio State too. No, don't be that person. Don't do that revisionist crap, please. I, I, I beseech you, don't be that guy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay, some folks are having some difficulty with the stream. The stream, everything I think is okay. It should be back for you guys. Uh, I'm not sure where it broke, but um, it, it looks like it's all better. So everything yeah. from YouTube's uh, feedback to me is that everything's perfect. So I don't try, try to refresh. My my, uh, my internet is not um, 100% tonight. So if I fade in and out, I apologize. <laughs> That's all, all good, brother. All right, so Jeff Okuda is where he's at. One of the things we always recommend for folks with pain, insomnia, or uh, anxiety is to go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com get yourself some cbd like we talked about earlier a little bit of the chill line or the chill extreme line i gotta make my face go away. there it is boom those things there are awesome go. um that's delta eight delta 10 the, the delta eight gives you a real chill buzz the delta 10 gives you a little bit more of an active buzz it's kind of like the indica sativa thing both will make you trip a drug test so if you need to take one please be aware also do not operate heavy equipment so on and so forth look at all the warnings and, and, and that kind of stuff yeah but if you need a night Don't, alone no driving that kind of thing and you want to feel a little high uh, or a lot high those are the way to go only eat one your first time we've had many reports of folks that did far far one greg one <laughs> <laughs> and then if you have drug tests that you have to worry about in your life, but you still want to take care of that pain, anxiety, or insomnia, go get the non-chill or Delta 8 or Delta 10 lines. None of those. The regular CBD, something, you know, that might look just like, like this. This is the CBD oil. Get my face out of there. It should find an autofocus. Point. It likes your hand. It's focusing on Chris's hand now for those that are listening. Oh, there we go. Beautiful okay. hand model. There you go. Yeah, that that stuff you can go all day with. You won't mess up any drug tests. You won't feel high. You can drive your high-low or whatever you have to do uh, with heavy equipment, and it will not affect I you. I would love to learn how to drive a high-low. That's a skill that I don't have. I would like to learn how to do that. <laughs> I've got this app called Auto Sleep. I monitor my sleep every night, and I can tell you that absolutely that stuff will get you significant amount of deep sleep that you were not getting before. Take care of your head. Take care of your body. Uh, sleep is the regenerative time. Make sure you get what you need. Go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get yourself hooked up and get 55% off if you use coupon code LIONS, L-I-O-N-S. Of course, you're here for that. Coupon code LIONS at cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Okay, let's talk about the, the offensive line. Um, Taylor Decker was out. We were terrified by the loss of Taylor Decker and what yes, was going to happen with Joey Bosa out there to kick our, our helmets in. Nick Bosa. I'm sorry, Nick Bosa. Bosa, Bosa, these nuts. Uh, 
I knew it was coming. <laughs> Dang it. Sometimes you set them up and sometimes they knock them down for you. Um, Nick Bosa <laughs> out there. So let's uh, let's let's talk about this. Taylor Decker not there. Penny Sewell yeah. spent every day after college working at right tackle uh, on the Detroit Lions. Right. Shows and, up. Can, can we elaborate on that just a little bit? Sure, 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 sure. He he knew that he was going to be a right tackle in the NFL by the two teams that were considering drafting him, the Bengals and the Lions. Neither of them needed a left tackle. They needed a right tackle. So he started training at right tackle almost a year ago. Um, he went to an off- offensive line training center um, last November, I think is when he said he started doing it, and strictly played right tackle. He didn't take a single rep at left tackle there or with the Lions. So this is a guy who had worked. He busted his ass to learn the right side. <laughs> and then, oh, like, by the three, way. <laughs> literally three days before he's, he's supposed to go, oh, uh, yeah, you're, go, you're going to left. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, man. Oh, man, that hurts. It's hard because it, it is a significant – I mean, look, it, it's almost like – the way I, I, I think about it is you, you, you've been a pitcher and you're throwing right-handed all the time, and it's like, ah, you hurt your shoulder. Okay, just throw left-handed and go. Yeah. Against, yeah. against I mean, the top I'm, of the world. I'm, I'm athletically <laughs> ambidextrous, and I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's basically what you're doing. Everything was reversed. Everything. You talk about playing mind games with somebody. He went out there, and he, he balled God, the God, He was so set up for out. failure, and he he killed it. He was, oh, my he God. Was it, very, it is Sir okay. Mix-a-Lot booty thick. <laughs> <laughs> he was not perfect, and there, there does need to be some context that we'll talk about in a minute, but overall... Given everything that he was going through, hell yeah, man, that was nice. <laughs> oh, oh, it was beautiful. It was nothing like the terror that people had. And remember, even even right before we so heard bad. about Taylor Decker, people saying, oh, Sewell's a bust. They were already calling him a bust and that he was no good. And he went out there, flipped sides in the line, and did that. People, I want to get back to Bosa D's nuts for you because <laughs> yeah, my man stepped up. Right, I mean, my man, against the top talent in the NFL, that that was stunning and amazing. It was very good. Um, again, he was not perfect. He did huh? surrender four quarterback pressures. Um, I think PFF actually credited him with a sack against. Though I didn't see that in the game when I went back through. So I went through and I rewatched the game. I watched all 92 of his snaps. Actually, there was 97 because there was five offensive penalties as well that got negated that he was in there for. Uh, he did very well. And I don't have the stats for him. Let me pull it up because I, I well, what the way I grade it, I do a simple plus or minus on a play. Did he win on the rep or did he lose on the rep? You don't win or lose on every rep. Some reps you do, some reps you don't. Some, some reps, like if Jared Goff takes a three-step step drop and gets it out and throws it to the other side, I mean, you're not going to win or lose on that. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, then it's a win because he didn't lose. No. Uh, not really. It, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the, his, his effort that made a difference on that, on that player he was, he was put against in that play. So you, right. can't, you can't give him credit for something he didn't do or he did do. Right. So um, in total, he earned for me 24 pluses and 13 minuses. Uh, and and I'll, I'll just read what I wrote. That's a strong ratio for a debut game, per, particularly given the context of playing out of his regular position. He gave up four QB pressures and one tackle for loss in the run game, and the tackle for loss was a bad one, by the way. Um, yeah. When he wasn't facing Bosa, Sewell largely dominated, especially after halftime, and did well enough against Bosa to feel good about the performance too. Now let's go back to the Bosa for a second. 
Nick Bosa played six snaps after halftime. He played their first drive and he played their last two snaps on defense. That was it. So if you're looking at the second half when Sewell is kicking butt, he ain't playing against Bosa. So don't be like he kicked Bosa's tail the entire game. That's not what happened. The first half, he gave up three pressures to Bosa. He gave up one to Samson Ekubom, who is definitely not a Bosa. And then they brought in Arden Key for three series in a row. And Arden Key is flat out awful. Oh, my God. His idea of a pass rush is, here, let me run at you in like three-quarter speed um, and let you hit me. And then I'll then I'll do something after that. Um, generally, I credit for that. Oh, man. This is terrible. So I was. The internet's biting again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Give it. A, we'll, we'll 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 give us. Let's talk really quick as it as as things start to refresh. This is interesting because I'm not sure why where this is failing because um, the stream is healthy. It seems from from huh. YouTube. Some weird. All right, we're back. Everything's everything's here. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, let's talk about the rest of the line really quick. Because I think I think in the yeah. end we can say was he perfect against Bosa? No. Is anybody ever perfect against Bosa? No. No. No, they're not. No. Um, if you want to help our internet, um, I held one up. This is Francis Connor White Wheat Beer Vice Beer. You can send some Ooh. to our uh, our podcast address. You'll 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 support me. Because it's hard to find down here. <laughs> it's really hard to find down here. All right. Um, the rest hey, of the it, line. It's Oktoberfest season, baby. Yeah. Mars yeah. and time. <laughs> Mars and time. Um, so Taylor Decker was out. The line, our backups were supposed to be trash, Riz. Everybody, including us, said everybody underneath the starting five is garbage. Well, I mean, Matt Nelson wasn't very good at right tackle. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't an absolute dumpster fire no though. it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a complete fail and i want to uh, say I thought, he, I thought he did some things in the run game that were okay i thought that honestly i will give big v a lot of credit yeah. i thought big v did a really good job of helping matt nelson when nelson was struggling such a great um, point because no one talked about has talked about big v and all the analysis that i've seen nobody he played well about, he played yeah. a good game yep was, well again was he perfect no he was not but what was if you want to, if you want to watch where the run game came from, it was that combination of Frank Rag now and Big V getting out there and and allowing and, and Jonah Jackson deserves a lot of credit too. I thought Jonah Jackson was the best lineman on the team, um, even better than Ragnow. And I know Ragnow got the highest center grade of, of anybody from PFF, yeah. um, and and he probably deserved that. I thought Jonah Jackson played the best game I've ever seen him play. And one of the things that that he, those the interior three did was they allowed Sewell to get out in space and engage a linebacker. And you know how different that is when a left when a tackle is getting out there because tackle is going to be more agile than a guard. They're going to be able to they're longer than guards typically. Yeah. It's a different dynamic for the linebackers that are out there. And the the 49ers, their linebackers are completely based on speed. Um, and and when you get a big guy out there that that can mirror them as a tackle, tackles typically move better than guards and centers. Um, that 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 helped the run game. That helped Jamal Williams so much. Yeah, yeah. So you got to give a lot of credit to the interior threesome there. Um, they played they played a great game against a good defensive line. Let me. I'm going to make a an assertion here, and you can you can shoot me down. It's okay. We've we've had friendly, we've had knockdown dragouts as well as friendly disagreements. Um, I'm going to assert that this line that Jared Goff played behind against San Francisco was better than the line that he played behind in L.A. last year. 
Oh, definitely. With, yeah. with Matt yeah. Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. With a, even, even with, with even with even with Nelson at right tackle. With yes, the absolutely. rookie right tackle playing left tackle. And yeah. with Matt Nelson, he played behind yeah. the best line he's played in with, behind in at least a year. Um, probably since the 2018 season. There you go. Yeah. This yeah. was this so now you back up and you think, well, where is this line in relation to the rest of the league? It wasn't a terrible line. Offensive line play is very, very difficult. The defenders can, the defenders continue to get more and more athletic against these guys, and the rules are really stacked against offensive linemen. I would say, okay, and this is this is I haven't done the analysis, Riz, so you can you can blow me out of the water here if you want. We probably performed in the top half, maybe even the top ten of the league as an offensive line with Matt Nelson at right tackle and a rookie right tackle at left tackle last Sunday. Yeah, yeah, they they were better than. Um, so the other games that I watched, they were not on Cleveland. Cleveland's offensive line was phenomenal against Kansas City. The Chiefs was not. Um, I, I watched a lot of the Seahawks Colts game. Neither of those teams compared. And by the way, the Colts have put a massive investment in their offensive line and their right tackle sucks. Um, or at least he did Sunday. Um, they, they had a lot of problems. Look at the Ravens. Um, okay. We, we, we all watched the Cowboys and, and the Buccaneers. The Lions were, I would say, even on par with what we saw from Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dallas's line was like, look, God, God bless Dak Prescott for what he did in that game <laughs> with no help from in front of him. Now, now they were missing Zach Martin. So th- that, that context deserves to be out there, but mm-hmm. it, they were fine. Like, like, I'm not gonna say that I watched every game, but they had to be top 12 around the league in, yeah. in the status that they were in. Yep. I want to, so think about it when they're all healthy. And I think this is, this bodes well. I wanted to give a huge tip of the virtual hat to Hank Fraley. And the work that he's done, there's a reason that the Pittsburgh Steelers were so freaking angry that the Lions were able to keep him. It was, it, and I'm going to tell you guys, it was touch and go. I can tell you very, very honestly with real information that it was touch and go that Hank was going to be a, a Detroit Lions coach this year. He wanted to be more than anything, and it took a lot. Uh, it, it was, it was a last minute kind of put it together kind of deal. There was a lot going on. It wasn't about him, but the Lions were able to keep him. And I think I give him a whole boatload of credit because again, Matt Nelson and down, there isn't a whole lot of talent there. And what he was able to do, what big V, how he's changed year over year. I know he was injured, but even if you throw away last year and look at him, the change this year and the year before huge leap forward from big V Uh, Jonah Jackson, his growth under Hank. Amazing. Grizzly Man Outdoors, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you do. Um, Just killing it, right? Just absolutely killing it. He's awesome. He is going for all pro this year, not just pro bowl. I will will happily vote for him. (laughs) Taylor Decker uninjured. Now, Steve Forstall, thank you so much for the uh, super chat. If Sewell plays well or better until Decker comes, could Detroit look into trading Decker? I know Cap may be an issue. Yeah, the Cap thing is going to hit it because he just got a new contract and it's just going to cost way too much to, to do anything with they, him that way. They better also, not trade him. Also, they the, better not trade the him. The <laughs> big strategy here is if you have Decker and you have Sewell and you have Big V and you have Greg now and you have Jonah Jackson, I don't give a who you pick for quarterback, whether it's Jared Goff or you put somebody else back there, you've given them the very, very best, a top three situation in the NFL to develop as a quarterback and become the best that they very well possibly could be. You will get the very best out of whoever you have as quarterback with that group of five in front of them. And we have tons. I think. I mean, again, I didn't look it up, darn it. We talked about it in the postgame show, but it's like $40 million in dead cap coming off 
the roster uh, off the off the rolls this this yeah. coming year. We have all kinds to play with. No need to mess that up by with with an unneeded trade. Keep that keep that line. No, you've, got, you've got you've got all kinds of moves ahead of you, an opportunity ahead of you to really create something here. This rebuild yeah. is looking this, really good yeah. out of the gate, buddy. This team cannot afford to create more holes when they have so many holes to still fill. Yep. And if you if you get rid of Taylor Decker, you instantly need a starting right tackle. Those guys don't grow on trees. Um, we, we've seen that. We've seen the drop-off that, that comes from having Taylor Decker or Panay Sewell at right tackle to yeah. the Matt Nelsons of the world, to the Ode Abushis of the world, to the Halapula Vadi Vitais of the world. Um, nice. Yeah, uh, so you can't – no, no. Um, you figure you make them figure it out. Um, I, know, I know there's been a lot of talk. I, I've argued with a lot of people online about this, and I've tried to be as polite but firm as I can on it. When, when Decker comes back, Sewell goes back to right tackle. You do not do a veteran dirty like that because he did nothing to lose his job. He is your team offensive line leader. He's been great at the position. He's coming off of his best year. You just paid him all this money. And then you're, you're, you're sending the message that, oh, well, you got hurt. And now, now we're going to move you to the other side um, because we think this guy's better than you. You do that in the offseason. You don't do that in season. Decker hasn't played right tackle since 2013. Panay Sewell was in high was he was a freshman in high school that year. Um, if you don't think that his muscle memory is messed is, is geared strictly to the left side after playing you know nine straight years of only playing on the left side, and you want to move him to the right side, you're setting him up for failure. You don't do that to a guy, especially a guy that you just paid. Tell folks how that, an old guy's what, body what, what, works. What right? kind of what kind of message does that send to your team? Like we're, we're, we're trying to be, you know, player friendly, player hospitable. That's the, that, that is a, that is a move that strips all emotion out. Mm-hmm. And that's not what Dan Campbell's all about. That's not what Brad Holmes is all about. That would be a terrible decision. Now, it, if you want to have the move levels. after the season, after the season is when you have that discussion. And then you go to Decker and be like, Hey dude, um, you might need to move to right tackle, but you, you approach him with it. We're like, look, we think that Panay, we think that you're good enough at right tackle that, and Panay is good enough at left tackle to make this work. That's our best combination. And you sell him on that. Mm-hmm. And he's probably going to – his ego will be hurt because, he, he look, he's Taylor Decker. He's he's earned being one of the best left tackles in football. I know there's Ohio a lot State, of Lions yeah. fans that bristle at that, but he, he is. Um, I'm sorry he is. Uh, and <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry that you don't like him. I'm sorry that he went to Ohio State and you can't get over that. Um, y'all got really got to put that away. Um, I'm sorry that, that he's had a, a career where he tends to play really well, except when he doesn't. And when he doesn't, he's really, really bad. Can, well, that guy went away last year. Let's talk that, about that, that, that in the context happen. of Jonah Jackson, though. Because yeah. Jonah Jackson, when he made mistakes... They were big oh, ones, and the camera was on were. him, right? Yes, Remember they that? were. Every, t- every yep. time he made a mistake, the camera was like, it was like, all your screen was filled with Jonah Jackson, the back of his jersey, his name, right? The whole thing right in your face. Yep. You're yep. right. He played really, really well. But to a casual viewer, the only time you heard his name was when he made a mistake. It was the same thing that happened to Decker. Right, he, he, ah, he got that holding call. Right, you remember the the two or three holding calls he got? It just massively inopportune times, and forget yeah. about the rest of the game and when in which he was a road grader or a massive pass blocker. No. People just kind of miss it. It's 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 tough. I'm I'm not good at gauging offensive line pay, play. I'm I can I can I, I have a certain level of knowledge, but I, I I try not to 
go beyond that. And I defer to people like you, Riz, and some other folks who have really, really strong knowledge in this area. But even I can tell that <laughs> don't let this go. These guys are good. We've got something special here yeah. that is and it's the perfect time to have this. And, and the line of contracts we have on these guys, the way it's set up. It, it looks perfect. good after this year, especially on, on the contract from because Big V's comes down a little bit. And that's not a that's not a team friendly contract, but it gets better the more it amortizes over time. Yep. And yeah. And the other the other thing is there's three first round picks of your last six first rounders on that offensive line. Yep. You you spent a great deal of money bringing in Big V. You have spent more resources than all but two other teams between draft capital and salary over the last five years building your offensive line. You damn well better play to that strength. <laughs> and if you're, if you're going to weaken it when you have quarterback uncertainty going forward, which is probably our next topic, uh, that's just stupid. Um, and and no, so, no, you, you cannot trade Taylor Becker. You just can't. No, nope. You can't. Okay. All right, you got your, your your super chat money out of that. Thanks a lot for sending yeah. that in, brother. That was it was a great question. Got I don't I don't mean to be rude about no, it, but no, no. it can't happen. It but can't happen. It's a conversation that needed to happen, right? And that was a yeah. great stem. So thank you, thank you so much there for the uh, the super chat. I want to hit his name again, Stephen Forstall. Thank you so much, man. Um, all right, so yeah, it's, good. it's wanna... a good question. Oh, it's a yeah. fair question. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because a lot of people are talking about that, right? And it's it's an oh, interesting you place. To... Believe it. That's that's <laughs> walk into my Twitter. <laughs> So the the name of the game right now is head on over to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get yourself a Penny Sewell jersey right now Do it. because he's going to be your longtime right tackle. He's, he's a great player. Fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. He'll be starting somewhere on that offensive line and, and kicking ass time. and, and taking names. That makes me happy. Yep. Uh, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. All your Lions gear. You're a Michigan fan, Michigan State fan. If you're a Ohio State fan, too, you can go there. Go head on over. They have all the gear for all the professional teams. <laughs> a Taylor Decker jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all licensed and real and top quality stuff. Uh, they'll give us a kickback if you go there to pick the stuff up. Fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. And I will tell you, it was supposed to be today, but some things came up. Keep an eye on our Twitter. Keep an eye on us. Um, there is a set of awesome looking Detroit Lions Nikes about to drop. Um, they had some supply chain stuff they were supposed to drop today. They are killer, guys. I am. I'm, I wish I got last year's because last year's were great. But these things are lit. I am absolutely going to get a pair. I may just get like the whole family a pair so we can walk around like dopes and around and match Lions Lions kicks because they're killer. They're killer. So keep your eyes on our Twitter for that. They are, are good. Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. All right, um, let's move on to the next one. So we've got a uh, we've got an offensive line that is smooth like butter, looking good, even with the injury of one of the top players we thought walking in and he's still a top guy jared goff behind him i'm gonna put something out there is and this is probably right. gonna this is gonna trigger warning for a few folks um uh -oh. jared goff a tale of two quarterbacks you've heard me say that before tell me he didn't just drop a stafford performance on us where he didn't show up in the first half and then all of a sudden he fired it up and almost brought us back if he'd had that comeback that was a a a, a textbook stafford it, game it, in the patricia regime <laughs> it was he 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 goes about it differently and sure, i think that's sure, that's sure. that's a different feel because like stafford when stafford misses it's because he's too aggressive and taking shots down the field and it's first and 10 and he misses, he, he overthrows Marvin Jones on a 12 yard out. Mm -hmm. And then he'll, he'll throw a ball, you know, at Hawkinson's feet, you know, eight mm -hmm. yards down the field. 
Goff was missing like let me throw let me throw a screen pass, but let me throw it just not quite where Khalif Raymond is or where he's going, but a little bit where he used to be. Yeah. Um, and, and let me let me throw one at Amon Ross St. Brown when he's running full speed to his right. Let me throw it to his left hand. Like th- there was a lot of minor ball placement issues on short throws that drove me batty yeah. in the first half of that game. Oh. So the the Woof. the function is the same. The path to that function is very different. Absolutely. I'll tell you that, and I'm God, I don't have the numbers to back this up, but there were misses. They both have misses, right? Now, right. You, Matthew Stafford in the, 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 the game against the, uh, the Bears, which was just absolutely fabulous to watch. It felt good. I mean, I, I really loved it. I, I, I did get a, a weird good. kind of schadenfreude about them calling uh, Kelly wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. That was... Because you know that burns, you know that burns her so bad. She'll my, laugh my, it off, but you know that stings. My son was watching with me. He's like, "Dad, that's that. That's not Kelly Stafford." I'm like, You're right, son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. And the producer's like, "Well, I saw Matthew with her." <laughs> oh man, no. Um, uh, so, so that that is a friend of Kelly's. Yeah. Like, like we we've seen her before, yeah. but that, that ain't Kelly. No. no. <laughs> So it was great, but you can't compare what Matthew Stafford did and say, boy, if he was with the Lions, that would have been a Lions performance on on Sunday. Completely different. Completely different. What we saw, though, was the same kind of didn't show up in the first half. Do we know whether, and this is something I want to talk about, about those passes, just like you, you talked about. I'm not here to defend Jared Goff, right? But we also know that our wide receiver core is not the strength of this team. It's a fair way to put it. Right. Yeah. How much of that was the wide receivers not being in the right place at the right time? The, their timing is off. Something else is not right. They they broke a route a little differently. Um, there's things that could be that that could have happened to make uh, Jared look worse than maybe it actually was. That's, is that that's what happened? Fair. We don't. That, that's know. fair. I I think. I think some of that is the fact that they probably should have played more in the preseason. Yep. And I hope that that's Dan Campbell's takeaway from it. And Anthony Lynn's takeaway from it was, you know what, that we had the opportunity to put them out there, even for just a drive, yep. just to go against live bodies that they don't practice against. There's a difference there. Yep. Um, and, and I think that, I think that, you know, having all those new cast of characters working together against people that they've never played against before. Yeah. That, 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 that did, that did make a factor. Um, I, I agree with that. Because tell me, well, okay. So first half, you've had enough of that shit. Done and done, done and gone. Right? Yeah. The fourth quarter in particular, and during that just massive rally, right? <laughs> the, 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 my heart just got ten times bigger during that whole period. He was unstoppable. Golf was putting that ball, and and I'm going to talk about it. You guys have heard me talk about this since 2015. Longest running show on the on the on the internet. Goff throws a catchable ball. It's a yes, hell does. of a lot more catchable than Matthew Stafford's well, was. And Jason Kavinda proved that differently. I, okay, well that's Jason Kavinda. I'm going to say I still have a sense that a lot of the drops in the Matthew Stafford era, or a portion, I'll say, of the drops in the Matthew Stafford era were Matthew Stafford's throws. Period. Oh man. Jared? I remember my my very first appearance on this show was yep. when you broke that take out, <laughs> and I'm still here for some reason. <laughs> I'm living and dying by it. I am telling you. I mean, look at Calvin Johnson's fingers. How many receivers do you see re- re- retiring with fingers going sideways like that? 
Yeah, you don't see that very often. No, yeah. he did everything yeah. here. I'm telling you. All right, I got it really quick. We'll go into to, to Jared. We had a couple super chats. Do you think the uh, the reason for the drops is Goff was throwing to a spot? That's kind of what I was alluding to, uh, Loretto. Thank you for your super chat. And then can we take a minute to talk about the Raymond throw? We will do that. Thank you, Jean-Paul. Jean-Paul Morrison? Yeah. It was Canadian. I'm going to go with Jean-Paul, but Jean-Paul? I think it's Jean-Paul. All right. Jean-Paul. <laughs> Let's talk <JP>. about... <laughs> JP. I have two friends named Jean-Paul. They both go by JP. So well, I this JP has two thumbs. All right. Um, <laughs> it's a decent JPP. Um, <laughs> JPP has one thumb. JP has two. Figure that one out. Yes, he does. There you go. Um, all right. So let's talk about Jared Goff. Um, I, I told you what I thought. You go ahead and uh, tear me a, a fresh one. No, I, I think in the first half, he read the field from short to long, and you can't do that in the NFL. He was scared. Well, I don't say he was scared. He was timid. Uh, that That's probably the best word to use it. He was timid at attacking a defense that that was – I mean, the, the, again, they're speed-based. This is not other than their front line. The, their back seven is very speed-based. And I don't think he necessarily trusted his receivers to get open all that well. Um, they didn't get open all that well, if you go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe there's some validation in that. But the fact that he, the, the, the 49ers picked up very quickly that, okay, this is the same Rams golf. We can pack that in. Like, we don't have to worry about him. Like, like. If Khalif Raymond wants to throw in a flyer out, you're not throwing to him. He's not even looking at him. Uh, and that changed. There's a dyna- there is a very definite turning point in the Lions attack, and it relates to the 49ers, though. Their top cornerback, Jason Verrett, blew his knee out. And it's a terrible injury, and I feel so bad for that, dude. This is the third time in five week ones that he's blown a knee out. Oh. And he missed another full year out of that, too. So uh, just just horrible. And he was great. He played very well. Once he left, their 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 cornerback room got real empty real fast. And Goff was like, all right, I can beat these guys. And the receivers, even without Tyrell, Tyrell Williams, who got knocked out on the field and has a brain injury and is extraordinarily not official, not officially out, but extraordinarily unlikely to play against Green Bay on Monday night. My unofficial semi-official take there. Um, he, he looked better. Um, he, he felt like, okay, my receivers are better than these corners once Barrett was out of the game. And he played that way. So I, I think that that had something to do with it too. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, really good stuff. Uh, Jean-Paul says, appreciate the accident. A- accent? <laughs> Many accidents, but the accent. It's funny that I mentioned accent now even more because he grew up in Quebec and has two thumbs. I nailed it. I nailed it. He did have two thumbs. <laughs> All right, Steve Shattuck, which is interesting because I know a Dave, um, but we, I won't get into that. Rate Goff's arm strength. Oh, so based one. on what we saw Sunday and what we saw in camp, he's a like five point five six somewhere in there, one to ten, um, slightly above average. Uh, it, it is what I've seen from mm-hmm. it. Um, he doesn't always uncork the fastball. I think it is probably the bigger criticism of him is that he doesn't always show that he has a better arm than he really does or is perceived to. Um, we did see it in camp at times, uh, specifically throwing the ball well down the field with some velocity and some arc on it. Uh, it's it, it's better than what we see from Ben Roethlisberger these days. It's better than Andy Dalton. 
Uh, it's better than, than what we see from a lot of guys. Um, it's better than Tyrod Taylor's um, who ripped apart the Jaguars with his soft tossing because they're, they're just really bad. <laughs> but, soft tossing. Um, that sounds like something I'm signing up for. <laughs> no, he's not Stafford. He's, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Russell Wilson with the velocity, the exit velocity and all that. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's, Average to very slightly above average in the in the league pantheon of arm strength. And I'll tell you, if you're a Lions fan, um, and you you you've, you've probably just based on demographics spent most of your football life, sentient football life, watching Matthew Stafford, you've seen the, a, a top one percenter throwing the ball. Yes. To measure yes. anybody against him is to measure, uh, you know, measure arm strength against God Himself. Really, I mean, you just you just can't do that. So the, you, it's, the physical act of watching Matthew Stafford deliver a football, the sound, is, it, 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 it there, it, it really, it, there really is something different about it. Like, you, like when you talk about how um, how a, a certain home run hitter will have a different sound to his bat. Yep. Yep. That's very, very tangible. Watching Matthew Stafford throw the football relative to other quarterbacks, and I'll tell you, a ball can appear to have the same speed right and i don't i have to talk to my son he's the ap physics kid here and i i just know what i know and maybe it's what it's <laughs> stupid but when when you catch that ball sometimes a ball hits and it freaking cracks your hand and you it, it's a hard throw sometimes it comes seemingly the same speed and it's like a kind of a catch Goff is more number two stafford is more number yes. one the speed differential yeah. is 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 definitely different, but when it hits, it's it's the different. And I think that's kind of alludes back to what almost scared you off after our first show, Riz. <laughs> but there's something to it. I'm telling you, I've seen too many broken fingers on guys. I've just he throws a heavy ball. <laughs> yeah, he throws a heavy ball. All right, um, really quick, uh, we got Justin McLean hit us with the super chat. After one week, what is your uh, season prediction? Nothing's changed. Um, I actually picked them to win this game. Um, I, I, will, I will couch that by saying I made that pick before Taylor Decker was out. Same. Um, yep, yep. So um, that that's my bad. So I'm 0-1 on the year. I, I've still got them 4.5 wins, 4 or 5, depending on the kicking, um, which we saw them miss the first field goal of the season. I picked them to win the Niners, too. Normally, if they'd lost, I'd have to you know change it to a 4-win season. But... What I saw from them leads me to believe they can still get that fifth win along the way because I think there's something here. I know we're missing Akuda, um, and there's still that gut. They're, there's they, still upside they're, they're potential have, there. They, I think so. They they signed Daryl Worley to the practice squad today. It wouldn't shock me at all if he's not on the practice squad for long. They have looked at and talked to Quentin Dunbar. <laughs> Um, by the time you listen to this, he might very well be with the Lions. That wouldn't surprise anybody who covers the team, but it's not a, it's not a done deal yet. They're going to get a little bit more experience back there. Look, Worley is a guy who has started in the NFL. Is he great? No. Is he better than Jerry right now? Probably. Um, Chris, Chris is about to give me the look of death. He's certainly more experienced than Jerry or Bobby Price or even Ifatu Milifonwu, who did not play well in relief duty of Jeff Okuda either. And that was discouraging because uh, he should have handled the receivers that he was against better with his more physical style. And it did not work. And that was troubling. Quentin Dunbar, I just want to talk about really quick. He had missed the first part of camp. He was gone. There was a lot of speculation because nobody talked about why. Well, we got right. some insight into it. His uncle, who he was close with, had passed. 
And right. and and he was like, I got to get my life straight. There's something I, it meant. It was a guy who meant a lot to him. He yeah. said he's in in a tweet. He's made the decision. Hey, Unks, I'm out there to play for you to to honor you now. And he's made the decision that he wants back into football. Is that with the Lions? Possibly, potentially. I hope so. The more kind of talent that we so can too. get, that that'd be good. It's a guy who's driven. It's a guy who could fit well with his situation. Could fit well and benefit from what's going on with the Lions and the Lions rock, locker room and the coaching staff. And um, I, I, this is going to sound really weird, but. I oddly, I'm kind of happy that that's what happened to him rather than some of the like DUIs or other stuff that are going on with some of the players sometimes. So I hate to hear yeah. about the loss, right? I, I, I hate to hear about anybody having a loss like that in their life. But the fact that it, he's he's using it to find strength and to come back, that means a lot. And I, I really appreciate that out of him. So I would love to see him in the Lions uniform helping support this team. Where are we now at cornerback? Is our number one really Amani? <laughs> Is that our number one cornerback? I, I said it the best uh, I could. That, that, you did a fine job there. Um, <laughs> he was rotten in week one. Uh, it was. It was like we're we're gonna call we're gonna call it what it was. He played terrible. Um, so if he's your number one corner, then you got a hell of a problem in your secondary, especially when Devontae Adams is coming back um, this coming Monday night. That yeah. <laughs> Look, will, will Amani be better? We sure hope so. We've seen him be better than he was, um, but we have also seen him not play so well. He didn't. He he was not good last year either. Um, and there's been a lot of wishful thinking that oh, we got our young. Like the the the, the number one thing I will say, they're so young. Even Oruwariye in his third season, yeah. he's still so precocious and still learning. Um, and his first and, season with real coaching and development. I mean, uh, he's, he's the guy that there, there's a lot working there. You know, um, if Atsu will, will probably start on the opposite side now. So now you've got a, a third round rookie who, who played like dog ass last Sunday. Um, and he will tell you that, by the way, he knows he didn't play well. Yeah. Um, I know people who have been in Allen Park who've talked to him. They're like, I got to, he knows he has to play better. Um, he, he said that behind the scenes, uh, Jerry will be the next man up. Um, Bobby Price will probably be the next one. They both played just on special teams in the first week, um, and you didn't notice them. Um, when you play on special teams, you don't get noticed. That's, That's good, good, generally. <laughs> so good for them. Um, and, and they are going to – it wouldn't surprise me if they brought up Nikhil, Roby Coleman. Um, A.J. Parker was probably the best player in the entire secondary last week as an undrafted rookie. Now, some of that is the fact that, that the targets that he was going against – were not necessarily where Garoppolo was looking to attack. Like he saw, they made a clear statement. We're going to attack 24. Like, okay, if if he's out there, we're going there. (laughs) That's my, that's my first read. You could see that out of Garoppolo, especially in the first half of the game. Yeah. So there, there, there's a need there. Dunbar would be great. I I wouldn't mind seeing Daryl Worley get brought up um, where, where it's one of those cases where they activate him for the game and he actually plays instead of just being inactive like they did last week when they activated guys and then deactivated them. And then they cut Tommy Kramer, which is total insult to injury. After you, after you sign him from your practice squad to your active roster, <laughs> you make him inactive and then you cut him. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's a rough week, man. Yeah, um, tough, and tough uh, he is, expe- he is expected back on the practice squad though. From what I understand, he might be taking his time to get there. <laughs> hmm. 
seeing I'm, seeing if there's somebody else that might want him because there were a lot of there were a lot of injuries on the offensive line this past weekend. Uh, you saw if you watched the Raiders game, they they lost their right their starting right tackle. Yeah, um, last night yeah. that's their Monday night. That's that's not that's good. A great game though. Uh, sorry yeah. no, no pun intended. His name is good. <laughs> sorry. So that was bad. I'm yeah. sorry. That was rough. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there we go. I got to hit Loretto really quick. We lost Stafford's arm, but gained Goff's touch pass. Is that a win? Will that pay more dividends than having Stafford another it's, year? It's yet to be determined. It's yeah, to be determined. it's too early to know that. Back um, to the cornerback thing. Sorry. I, I, I just want to hit no, this because it, it's, it's what you were talking about. I just want to tell folks, you know, we love Jerry. You know, we've got kind of a predisposition to Jerry. I do more. I mean, Riz is, a, is always such a, a well-balanced kind of reporter. I'm just going to tell you that Jerry Jacobs is a guy that surprised everybody every step of the way in his career. He surprised you. I mean, you said when we first, when I first told you, I said, hey, man, we're, we're bringing Jerry in. We're doing this hard knocks kind of multiple interviews with him throughout the season thing. You were like, oh, cool, cool. I mean, your first take was he, he should make the practice squad, right? He's 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 yeah, ripped. I mean, that's I exactly that. what first I said. You said is he's ripped, right? <laughs> And yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's he's got a great story. And this is this is something that I really love. It's that untold story. You always hear, oh, he made the practice squad. What do the guys in the practice squad do? You never follow someone in the practice squad throughout the year. I was like, this would be a really, really good story to break down because people don't hear about it, right? It'd be interesting to talk about throughout the year. My man made the roster. My man made the roster. And he's done that kind of stuff through his whole career. Yes, I would has. tell you, do not count this man out. At cornerback before this end of the year, the end of this year, injuries happen. I understand, but this is a guy that has some talent, and he has some real swag. His he can and does sack up when it's time and show up when it's time. So I'm just telling you, right? Just that's this is my thing. You know, I'm I'm biased, and and that's my thing. But if any one of these guys can really step up and do it, I really and truly believe Jerry Jacobs has the heart. And the soul in him to be that guy to take a level to play out out of his shoes outside you know uh, on, a, on a higher plane than he's on. He's got everything in the world driving him, he, and 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 he works hard. He he, he canceled with us just to study. He did, he did, and we were we were okay with that. Yeah, we're like you know uh. that, that, this this is the guy that we've got. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, um, in the end, absolutely. But the fact that he put his career over a podcast like ours, good, good, good choice, Jerry. I don't know, good, Jerry. Good I mean, most podcasts, but ours <laughs> that's a that's a pretty big that's a pretty big bite. I'm telling you. All right, there we go. <laughs> no, we love Jerry, but I think he's a guy yes, that's, that's 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 got it. He's got something. He's got an, an it factor to him that doesn't does. have doesn't have you know numbers to it but i, I wouldn't yeah. put him out so yeah there, there there's a chance that we will see him play uh monday night yeah. and i hope I, I hope that it goes well for him i you know what how great would that be for this guy this guy right whose mom died when he was 11 when he was 11 he didn't have his dad around in his life he was and and, and had a tough go from then on from then on a tough uphill climb to see him play just to see him on TV playing on Monday night, you just think about what kind of a step that is in a man's life. You know what I mean? At twenty four, twenty three years old, twenty you know twenty three. For something like that to happen, think about when you were twenty three, Riz, and, and and you had been through a path like that. And then on top of it, if he plays well, man, that's that's the kind of stuff you put that you put that you know you put that on DVD, you put that wherever you put that on a hard drive, an Amazon drive, and you keep that for freaking. Ever, man, because yeah, man. I played on Monday night. I played on Monday night in the NFL period. 
So, all right, sorry. I got a little, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm stoked. Just, just imagine that. this show or your post game show if Jerry picks off Aaron Rodgers and wants to back the house. <laughs> you know the the South Park meme with the, the dude? With... <laughs> yes. <laughs> There you go. All right, that would that would be something else. Um, let, let's not let's not talk about the safeties because I'm I'm feeling happy and I want to be dejected. That's good. That's good. I want to move into they something. Were rough, dude. They were so bad. Oh my god. You know I love Tracy Walker, but dude, not not his best game either nope. <laughs> at all. No, no, no. They're all young. He did have the only sack. I'll give him I'll give him credit for that. But uh, beyond that, not so much. Yep. I want to tell you really quick. Um, just so everybody knows, tomorrow we have a huge interview coming. Uh, we will be interviewing Lions great, Lions all-time great wide receiver based on recent events from a different one. I'm going to say he's the all-time great Lions wide receiver. Um, someone else has gotten under my skin a little bit. Herman Moore will be joining us for an interview tomorrow. Uh, it will be on YouTube. We'll uh, It'll be in the morning. It is going to be awesome i'm telling you herman yes. is, is such a class dude and it, there's so much talk about guys who have issues and problems after football this dude is a college professor still you said it riz as soon as we were this guy we, is, yeah so we we, the, we 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 pre-recorded the interview um <laughs> the magic of disney um, <laughs> the, the first I thing i said to chris was like holy crap that guy's really smart <laughs> like it, it just comes across like like he's intelligent. He 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 has a he has a way of presenting things that show that he's a really really sharp cookie. <laughs> he's a professor, man. This guy has got it. Wow. Um, you don't you don't get that from football players a lot, especially after a whole career. Herman brings it. You guys are gonna love this interview with Herman Moore yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Check he, it out. He was he was really really entertaining. He he answered he answered questions honestly too. Yeah. Um, he did not. He, he was not overly diplomatic. I mean, he has to be somewhat diplomatic in, in the status that he's in, but he was not afraid to answer a question. And he'll, he'll talk about the current regime, and he'll do it in the context of the regime he played with. And I think the answer and the, the, the line of the question there is really something I think you guys will be interested in because I think it, it, you, I just, ah, I want to play it right now. <laughs> it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow. I know. Tomorrow, tomorrow, it's tomorrow. 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 Tomorrow, tomorrow. Herman we'll Moore. Tomorrow. tomorrow. You guys are going to love it. Tomorrow's a great day. Uh, okay, we got a, a super chat really quick uh, from Loretta Martin. With it being a division game on the biggest stage, is this the game the players have to, to demand respect? If not, will it be hard to get it back for players? Get the SOL fans off our backs. Interesting. I I don't think they care. Honestly, mm. um, I, I, I think that Dan Campbell will pay some lip service to the fans, but inside You've the building, of that shit. inside the building, they know that this is a game. It is a division game. It is, you know, it's a team that's vulnerable based on how they played in week one. I mean, they were, they were God awful. They, they have the worst point differential of any team in the NFL right now. Uh, I don't think that they want it to be seen like that because then if they lose it, how does the coaching staff handle that internally? I think that they want to, they don't want to like, they don't want to water down the rivalry, but they also don't want to overemphasize it. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. I hope yeah. that does. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. And it's I a good, it's a good question. It really is because it is something that, especially with the new regime 
and the um, enthusiasm with which they attack things is a very fair question. And we will see how they answer it. But, but my guess is that they probably don't they don't, they won't make it into that big of a deal. We'll do we'll do a little bit more on that when we do around the division in a little bit. Um, but quick, we want to keep going. I have to really quick give a shout out, do a little bit of personalized information here. Uh, again, don't forget Herman Moore tomorrow. Watch our YouTube channel. Make sure you're hitting subscribe on it and not and get the bell so you see that when it comes out because it's going to be it's it's not just an interview. It's got a lot of hot info for you. I want to do a shout out to Greg Warren. Uh, our favorite guy who lost Christmas because he tried more than one Delta 8 at once. Um, he put together a deal with uh, some folks and got us a Swift jersey, uh, a Swift ball, DeAndre Swift ball, a um, TJ Hawkinson signed ball, and a Dan Schlereth signed baseball for the auction for St. Jude as 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 a way to keep uh, fundraise. When we start that, again, we're doing our 24-hour... Uh, live stream on November 5th. We're going to follow it up with a uh, auction of great materials. Greg Warren went and got all that stuff together. He coordinated with John at Pro Greg. Sports Zone. Colin also has done that last year, and I don't know that I gave Colin enough. Colin K. I don't know if he wants his name out there, who just got uh, married. Love you, Colin. Yeah. Uh, he Wait, also did... Colin and I share a birthday this Friday, by the way. Happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> These are really, really great people who've helped get the auction stocked, get us stuff to auction off for yes, the St. Jude done a great thing. Job. 100% of the money goes. I mean, I pay for shipping out of my pocket just to make sure 100% of the money goes to St. Jude when we do this. I just want to thank those guys for, I mean, they're ahead of the game getting this stuff for us and getting this set up. Uh, you can you can hit us up. We have a contact form on the website, Chris, at DetroitLionsPodcast.com if you want to email me. Um, if you want to help us get stuff together for this auction, this year's going to be huge. We're already talking with uh, St. Jude. We're putting together some national names. Um, we've got a very, very special surprise for some people that you guys will all love. You guys, we've got a really, really big deal set up this year. I have to tell you, you're going to love the St. Jude thing, but I just want to tell those guys, thank you for your, you know, your work to get these great items in yeah, there. Again, it, anybody it, that can it, help, it's, we it's, appreciate it's it. It's awesome that you would do this out of the goodness of your heart. And uh, Greg, I know you have a big heart because um, we, we, we watched the draft together um, in Cleveland. <laughs> so uh, Greg, Greg's awesome dude. Been at our draft party. Um, so it, it's just great that, I just love the fact that we have this community of people who, you know, in our Patreon Slack and what we see at our, at our annual training camp party and what we interact with when we're on social media, it's, it's really cool. Like I, like Greg's a friend, you know, like, like I, I value his friendship and yeah. for that to come out of this podcast and, and the, the, the give and the take with it is just, it's incredible to me. Um, yeah. and, and thank you all for that, that community love and that support. Um, as you all know, my job isn't always easy. I know that the writing and talking about football seems like a lot of fun. Um, it not always is, especially in the, um, the situations that I cover them most of the time. Um, I've, I cover the Browns and the Lions. There's not exactly a lot of historical precedent there. I cover the Texans in the year that Brock Osweiler was there. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to have those people lift me up and, and you know, bring things to my attention. Um, if I screw up, like like I, I had a couple of different editing issues this week, and, and I am the editor, so it is my fault. And they're, they're very quick and, and polite about like, Hey dude, you, fix your paragraph here, dude, you know, re reread things before you post them. Dumbass. Um, and I, I appreciate that. I need that sometimes. So, so thank you all for that. 
So there you go. All right. Thank you, everyone. And if you again, if you want to uh, help, just get in touch with us. We really appreciate that. Yeah. I have to call out Jameson Hennessy. Thank you so much. He just hit us with a $50 super chat. Jameson. Jameson, All right. You are the man. Thank you. That is very, very kind and generous of you. We appreciate that very, very much. Help keep the show going. Help keep us funded and, and all the stuff we're doing that we're working on. That's just super, super helpful. Thank you, Jameson. You are you are very, very close to our heart. Thank you. All right. We have to look at potential talent. We have that coming up here. We want to talk about somebody who's out there that a lot of people have talked about. And when we were setting up the, the bullet points of talking of our, uh, what we want to chat about today, Riz and I disagree on this uh, in, 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 very much so. And it frustrates me. We uh, we stopped the conversation the second we realized because we just wanted to be to be organic. We don't we don't set any of this up. We literally have a page with some bullet points yeah. on it. And that's how we do that's the show. It. That's it. That's how the we, show we don't, we don't it's discuss real. one of those opinions. That, that's, that's the way you get the best radio yep. and, excuse me, and or podcast. Yep. Um, I, when I used to do the big Drew and Jim show, Drew would tell me what we were going to talk about, but he's like, whatever, whatever position you take, I'm arguing with you. So I'm not going to tell you which side I take. I'm like, Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> making me think. Uh, so I, I love that. Um, yeah, yep. yeah. So we know we disagree on this, but I think it's a. I yes, think it's do. a good. I think it's good. Uh, potential talent. Josh. Josh Gordon is out there and available. The Lions have a need at wide receiver. It's a question. Riz, should the Lions pick up Josh Gordon? Absolutely not. Not. Not at all. Not with a ten foot pole. Uh, look, he he has applied for reinstatement again. Uh, he is coming off of another indefinite league suspension. It is his eighth. Eight. I will go back to when I covered him with the Cleveland Browns, and he came back to the team. The Browns did, oh, my God. They went so far above and beyond and went out of their way to do everything humanly possible to make it work for him. And it lasted eight weeks. And he he threw it away. He threw that opportunity away. They're like, okay, um, we're going to do right by you. We, we're done, but we're going to send you to New England. He lasted four weeks in New England, I think was, was how long it was, before he screwed that opportunity up. You cannot trust him. Look, he, so there's the big thing about it, no, no turds. Is he a turd? No, he's a drug addict. Uh, and he he's been very forthright about that. And it, it is not just marijuana. If you think that he is just out on pot, you need to watch the video documentary that he did with LeBron's group two or three years ago when he talked about being drunk, playing on purple drank when he was in seventh grade about dealing cocaine and barbiturates while he was a active football player at Baylor. You need to hear him talking about doing cocaine um, on his way to Utah when he first transferred there, uh, th- th- he is far beyond just marijuana. And I, I pray to God that he gets his crap together because th- he's a good hearted person. He really is, but he is in fact a drug addict and you cannot keep taking chances on that. He has struck out 11 times since he was, a, since he left Baylor, he struck out 11 times. Look, you can't keep giving him chances. At some point, you've got to quit enabling him. Um, when he gets the money, that, that's when he gets into trouble. Uh, look, I know there's a supportive environment. I will tell you, there will never be a more supportive environment and, and conducive for recovery, both mental health and, and physical addiction, than what the Cleveland Browns did for him, and he pissed it away. 
And mm-hmm. I, I will not reward that. I can't not, I cannot do that. Yep. All right. That's fair. That's a hundred percent fair. I take a different tack because my thing is we absolutely need to evaluate Jared Goff effectively this year. And we don't have the receivers out there to do it. Is Josh Gordon going to be the guy? (laughs) I think he can help you do that, right? I think you make him fight his way up the depth chart. I think you, this, this coaching staff is equipped to turn him into something. If he can recover, if, can turn him into and give him a situation where he can succeed and give him the kick square in the nuts if he doesn't, right? I think this is the group that will do it to him, guys who've been there. We just heard about Addict, uh, Darren Waller, right? Didn't they say he was in, yes. in, in the game? Yeah, and, he, and Max Crosby with the Raiders, too. Yeah. Um, and he turned to, to Darren Waller for help. Yeah. I, I thought that was a phenom- phenomenal job by the Monday Night Football crew who otherwise needs to shut the hell up. <laughs> I thought they did a fantastic job covering that. You have two guys who are in a situation where um, they are addicts, just like you said, but have worked hard to change it. Will Josh Gordon? I don't know. Will he ruin this locker room? No. No, Will, no, he won't. No, that's not who he is. No, and, well, and and they wouldn't allow it anyway. He's not taking it right. down with him. If he can recover, he could be the Darren Waller to Crosby to somebody else in the locker room. He could get his life together as a result of it. He could be an amazing success story in a year. And I'm going to say this because my filter's not on right now, so people, please don't get mad at me. But a year where it doesn't matter, where you're trying out a lot of guys and developing a lot of guys to see what you have. Right? Look, we're both saying 5-4 wins. Right. Yeah. I mean, seriously, what does Josh Gordon matter in the scheme of things? What if he gets you one more win? Oh, okay. And you have a player who can stay clean. And you have a player that suddenly has a a, a heartstring tied to a co- group of coaches and a team who helped him get it straight. Right. The upside on Josh Gordon to me is so much higher than the downside. I think he's you can still get only 30 years old. That's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's insane. I think it's just it's the upside far the ceiling far outweighs the floor on him. I I I just I just can't do it. I can't. Um, Seeing what seeing uh, how incredibly bent over backwards Cleveland did everything for him and he pissed it away. I can't reward that. I can't do that. That's fair. That's just uh, you know uh, I I hope that he gets his crap together uh, and I hope that his life turns around because he he has a story that if he chooses to sell it and chooses to do good with it, he is the type of person that can make that happen. Randy Moss but was I, written off when he showed up in New England. He, Brett, Brett Favre was a, I forget what they called him in Atlanta, but it, it wasn't a favorable thing. He was a, to um, alcohol, and I think he started the painkillers there yeah. too. Um, he, I mean, yeah, you can get those redemption arcs, but I think he has, Missed he has been given too many chances to ride that arc and failed. Yeah. So now he, if, if they want to make him like an, an NFL ambassador uh, to work with people like Darren Waller, I would love that. And I, th- okay. I think he would embrace it. I th- honestly, I think he'd be very good at it. Darren I think that's, that's, that's the role that he needs to go to. Darren Waller does not need a, to be saddled with Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon needs to be, <laughs> needs somebody to lift him that, up. That, that, that's probably fair. He needs somebody <laughs> to lift him up. There you go. Uh, so Jameson Hennessy, I don't know how the hell I missed it. The, the, the Irish whiskey, and I thought I was just like, oh yeah, Jameson has it. How you do? It. I love it. 
Cheers, my friend, as we talk about addiction. <laughs> Cheers to you again. Thank you for that super, <laughs> super chat. I, that one blew right past me. I had no I, I, I'm all water tonight, so there you go. <laughs> In my, my 2017 Detroit Lions uh, schedule cup. There you go. With uh, two guys that are no longer here on the cover. I have that cup in, in the closet. Behind <laughs> throw me. that away. <laughs> Just threw that away. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's let's potential talent at wide receiver. Wide receiver is definitely uh, a need for this team. We'll see how things go. Uh, we got Williams in the the concussion protocol still. I haven't heard any update on him coming out Don't, or making do practice not, or nothing. Do not expect him to play Monday night. Yeah. Um, that's that's unofficial. Semi-officialness. Uh, they did sign Geronimo Allison back to the practice squad today, and they said goodbye to Sage Surratt. Good riddance. He, can we can we talk about this again? We, we talked about it when we talked about Jerry. All the expectations, like, oh, my God, we got we, our three best undrafted free agents are all wide receivers, and they're all going to make the team. And now two of them are out of football, and the third is cleaned by a thread. Um, and, and quite frankly, didn't show enough in the preseason to ever merit another chance. Yeah. It's, it's so weird how we get hung up on these things and how they don't play out the way we expect them to. Yeah. Um, it's because the, uh, the skill positions, people are all excited about seeing it, right? You see certain things from a wide receiver if he catches a ball, yeah. Ooh, right? The, Versus- the opportunity was, was absolutely there for yeah. all three of those guys, and uh, all three of them um, – Quite frankly, didn't didn't deserve it. They didn't play to that level. I'm just um, and didn't didn't show that they ever could. Um, McKinley showed more than that the other guys did. Jonathan Adams, by the way, is suspended for six games for substance abuse. Um, that is not related to why the Lions let him go, but it's also not not related. If that makes sense, I can't say any more than that. Say no more. Say no more. <laughs> uh, I'm nick, looking. nick, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Say no more. <laughs> yes, it's right. Um, I'm just looking at there's, him on the Wake Forest. No, there's he was no, a guy. He and, and and Jamie. Oh, what was the other guy that went from Wake Forest to Georgia? The Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman. Both both had such high hopes and potential mm. senior bowl, and they didn't perform. I, I just went no. back and looked at my notes. Uh, just didn't perform. You love some Jamie Newman, my friend. Yeah, I did. He was. He's, he, he was he was, was good ripped he was he was ripped. exciting he was he's a guy that i think he got hosed by his covid year and i don't think he's ever going to be able to recover and get a chance again i think had he played and not opted out or had covid not happened and he had a chance to play a year he'd be a guy that's at least a backup somewhere that's i think he has the talent he just didn't get to develop it and, and that was the end of his story. I think that's probably fair uh, because his tape at wake forest said yes he can be an nfl quarterback but. yeah, yeah. All right, and it up. wasn't Sage Surratt that carried him. All right, let's uh, move on. <laughs> a quick jaunt, and we can't play the drop because the three seconds of music that we had, we get demonetized for around the division. All right, there you go. Let's talk about it, uh, Riz. Um, I think, do I have? I don't have anything to even go here. Around the division. How appropriate. <laughs> let's uh let's start out with the Bears because that was just so satisfying seeing Matthew Stafford just put he it to them prison the crap style. Out of them. Oof. Like and and just the fact that Stafford beat the good part of the ball for Chicago, like the, the, that that blown coverage where there's like 35 yards of blown coverage on one pass that that didn't used to happen with the bears. Uh, no. and, um, this is indicative. So, so, um, I will say, um, I got the, so one of the things that happens when you're, when you're in the position that I do, I get an absurd amount of emails from 
gambling websites and info people and things like that. And one of the things that I got sent several times today was the odds for the first coach to be fired. And Matt Nagy is now at the very top of the list. <laughs> is, is, is there something I should read into the fact that I get so many penis enlargement emails? Maybe <sighs> it could be. I try not to look at those. Not my problem. Why? Why am I getting those? Okay. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're getting the gambling ones because of what you do. All right. Let's talk about. <laughs> let's. Uh, Are let's you the guy with... behind Nick Skokie? <laughs> those bears. Where's I mean, that black couch? <laughs> every, Matthew Stafford gets a lot of credit, and he was obviously the premier player. He was the one that they put on a pedestal before, during, and after the game. Right? He oh was, my god the hero the hero worship went a little oh, far. Oh god, they were all just kind of wiping. After, yeah. after afterwards, now he played absolutely great, and it was great to he see did. him play well. He did. He, he played. I think he he made the top ten for quarterbacks. He was ninth, where Jared Goff was fifth statistic wise. Um, that, that, oh, that that that's yardage. Don't judge by yardage. Sh- sh- um, sh- 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 Stafford was in moment. fact the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, and while I would have voted for Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm okay with him getting it because I think he deserved it. <laughs> He's deserved it many times. He didn't get it. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. So he gets a little extra juice. I'll, I'll tell you, um, and and Jameson Hennessy says this is really it's is really his name. Now I'm just confused. I'm just confused about life as a whole. Um, yeah, so he, he looked great. It was great. But you talked about the the secondary and the Bears. They got ripped. They got absolutely destroyed. Is this the problems. is this the situation? It used to be a team where they had absolute. I don't want to say perfection, but they were top tier defense, and they didn't this have a quarterback. I don't want to say that Fields is they still don't have a quarterback, but he didn't show a whole lot. The Rams played him well, um, but they sure didn't have a defense. Their defense looked bad. The secondary in particular looked bad out there. Is this the demise of the Law Bears? I want to say that it was Ash in the slack um, who said that they squandered their great defense in the Mitch Trubisky years, and now they don't have the defense anymore now that they probably have the quarterback. (laughs) That's that well said, dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's that's a tough place to be, Chicago. Let's get their uh, theme music going here. Chicago Bears theme music, NFC North theme music. We'll move on to Minnesota, the Vikings, who so, had the, the, the smallest loss differential in the uh, division. I think that puts them af- kind of officially in first place. They are technically in first place, yeah. yes. And they also lost to an AFC team, um, which also helps in that that differential. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they lost in overtime at the very end of overtime to the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, who um, tried their best to give the game away. Uh, but... That, that was a fun game. I, I've gone back. I've watched that game in the, the condensed game version, so I didn't like get the commentary on it. That was a good football game. Yeah. Um, entertaining game. Back and forth game. Uh, the better team probably did win, though. And uh, the fact that Cincinnati is probably better than Minnesota and, and proved it on Sunday, uh, that says a lot about Minnesota and where they're at because while, while – Chris, you know I love Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and their, their defense is – their defense, especially their secondary, is like a year ahead of where Detroit's is. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sort of looking at the Bengals and like, okay, this this could be where where the Lions are going. They've done it very differently, but I see the path. I see a parallel universe there, um, the, the sliding door phenomenon there. Uh, yeah, that was that. 
I I just don't know why the, the, the I just don't know why the Vikings aren't better. They should be. I do. They have more talent than they play to. Yep. And you can't blame Kirk Cousins for it because he was he was fine. Yep. Um uh Dalvin Cook fumbled. Oh probably fumbled <laughs> on the lost fumble. Uh probably. Uh they, they did not get a couple of calls that they probably should have gotten, but uh give give credit to Cincinnati um for for rising up and for for kickstarting. So remember the Bengals were a team that going into the year where they drafted Burrow were not different from where the Lions are right now. Um, they were sort of floundering and they didn't know if they had a quarterback anymore. They, they weren't really sure what was going on with Andy Dalton. You know, they had this led AJ green. They needed to get rid of it. And and they, they moved on. They went with the youth movement. Um, they started on offense first before defense and, and that was jumbled up, but they are showing you what can happen with with if you string two good drafts together, mm-hmm. and I'm encouraged by that. Um, it, it's it's weird because you go back like to the Schwartz, like when the Schwartz ter- transitioned into Caldwell, the Bengals were doing the same thing back then too, and they were in the exact same defense. So it's always been interesting to see the parallels between the the, the Lions and, and the Bengals. You know, the Lions and Tigers and Bears. Oh my. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was bad too. Uh, I'm I'm excessively tired, and I get loopy that way. Oh, man. Oh, man. Let me. The thing about, and I agree with you with Joe Burrow. I love that guy. I wish we I could had Joe Burrow. I really, really. Do. I, love I love that, that he guy. went into the press conference, and Jamar J- 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 Chase got up, and Joe Burrow just says, "Like, I don't think I couldn't catch anything. Nah. Just the total. I loved it. I loved it. The fact that he was wearing an Ohio University sweatshirt was even better. But my God, the snark! But that's how you win your teammates right there. Yep." Yep. If you're a Bengal, hell yeah, you want to play for that guy. The thing that's going to hurt him is the whole situation with the cheapness and the way they work there. I mean, for oh. God's sake, the, the locker room is out in the West parking lot. I mean, <laughs> it's how bad it is there. As far the, as facilities. That, their facilities are... <laughs> Um, I, I live right by Grand Valley State. I'm, I'm familiar with their football program. Grand Valley State's facilities are nicer. That's a D2 school in Michigan, are nicer than the Cincinnati Bengals have. And I've been inside the Bengals facilities. I've actually spent some time working in their facilities um, in the distant past. They're, they're just they, – you would never in a million years guess that's an NFL team facility. Yeah. Never. Mess. And then they have made some upgrades since I was last there, but I'm going to guess that they still haven't done – enough to get on par with That's, what we see in Allen park, what yes. I've seen in Indianapolis or Chicago or, or Berea or Pittsburgh or Washington um, or Baltimore. I've been, I've been, I've been in a weird amount of training places. Yeah. I get around. Well, heard that about me. <laughs> McDonald's bathroom story is when we'll have to re regenerate <laughs> one day. Um, <laughs> That's for another day. That's for an August 16th in the future. Mark the date, circle the calendar. Wow. That's a day after my birthday. August 16, 1988 was a very great day in my life. <laughs> uh, Loretto, the super chat again. Thank you, sir. With we'll get in now. Moving on. Oh, wait, look, before I do, I got I just got to say, what we're seeing in Vikings land could very well be similar, different but similar to what we're seeing in the Bears. We could be seeing the unwinding of everything they put into this team. You're right. There's a lot more talent there. I think though, Zimmer might be having a lot of trouble with this team and the players. He and I'm not going to say it's about any of the the plague stuff that's going on, but he took a stance that was different from some of the guys on his team and created a rift. And when you create a rift, 
that opens the opportunity for more things to happen. His, I'm, I'm not going to say is wrong or right or right, and I'm not going to even judge it. But the second you put that kind of thing out there in the press and in the public, you just create more opportunities for people to realize, hey, you know what? I don't like him for this either. And you create a that, that chasm that becomes. And I think that's why a lot of the, the, that team is not performing. He is not aligned with the players on that team. There's a complete difference between where Mike Zimmer is and his staff is and Dan Campbell and his staff is with the Lions. Talent level yeah. completely different, but they're in a completely different yeah. zone with their and, players. And some of that is the fact that they've been they've been together for I think this is his fifth or I think it's a sixth season yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah. I want to say, um, and and a lot of the core of that team has been together that long, and they haven't achieved what they wanted to achieve. Um, that at some point that that sort of runs its course. You can't yeah. you can't hang on to that that sort of thing forever, especially if you don't have the success. Nine and seven isn't good enough. Jeff Fisher. <laughs> That's seven and nine. Seven, seven and nine. Nine, <laughs> nine and seven was somebody. Somebody else is no longer. Here. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, it was. yes, it was. Still, still unemployed, by the way, which I think is is somewhat unfortunate, yeah. but also speaks to. I think uh, he's unemployed because he has a contract. He's still getting paid. He, he, he yes, he is still getting paid. But he was he was paid by the the XFL, yeah. um, and they they are in fact honoring their contracts. Good on them. Because yep, yep, um, yep. that that impacts a couple of friends of good friends of mine hey. who are in fact still getting paid by the XFL. Hey, Riz, Micro Mike's wrote. in the chat. How you doing, Mike? How you doing? Brother? Hey, good to see you, I like man. that guy. Yeah, he's a good cat. He, he lives that, right over there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good to see you in the chat, Micro Mike. Thanks for stopping by, brother. All right, uh, Loretto. The way Green Bay played last week, if they play that way again, what will will the narrative be different if we win? Thank you, Loretto, for the super chat. I want to I want to kind of get into this Green Bay game a little bit because there's a lot right, of competing things going on. All number right, one, shoot. number one, Green Bay just got their hole smoked. Thirty second <laughs> across the board in offense, running, passing. I mean, the whole deal. They stunk up the joint against a Saints team who who may be way better than everyone thought but I didn't think was going to be that great. I had Green Bay as the winner, hands down, too. on I that game, you. no questions. And they got just, just jammed up, just that jammed was, up. That was uh, Aaron Jones getting six yards on nine carries. Yeah, I mean, I him so, so David Bakhtiari was out, so they're missing their left tackle. Um, and he's he, – Will he be out second week, week two? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's going to be. He's not playing. So, so um, me, from everything, everything that I've heard is that he's not going to play. He is better, but not by a lot than Taylor Decker. Um, and it's a significant loss because if you watch that game, you know their offensive line depth is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, for for real. So they stunk up the house. They're gonna, you know, there's not a lot. Aaron Rodgers throwing two interceptions, um, uncharacteristically off, uncharacteristically um, for him, pouty at his receivers on the field. And, and you saw after it. the game, right? So, and I want to get, I want to get to something here, a, a point. So, so they did terrible. The Lions yeah. had a tough game in the beginning and turned it around and showed heart that the Packers absolutely did not show. Is it a maturity level where the Packers finally said, we're not going to get injured. We're going to pack it in and call it a game. We know we lost this one. We'll just go to next week. We know we can win the rest. Seems like a weird way to go. Maybe, whatever. Mm-hmm. Lions have a lot, are, are really, really high going into this game. Maybe the Packers are angry because they were embarrassed, and the week's narrative has been continuing to embarrass them and make them look like fools and make them look incompetent. I want to throw something out there because I've, I've seen a couple people touch on this in, in little, little you know, snarky kind of comments, but I'm, I'm going to go full conspiracy. 
Aaron Rodgers started this whole thing the moment they mentioned they drafted Jordan Love. Everything ahead of this season, is he going to be here? Is he not? Is he angry with it? Is he going to sign? Is he going to hold out? Is he going to lose the $11 million? His his own mother hates him. Okay, you've got you're a special. So, it's true. You're a special so, kind of asshole if your own mother hates you, or you know whatever. There's family relations, whatever. But you're a special kind, right? His father hates him. His family hates him. It's an Aaron thing, not a family thing. I'm assuming just based on what we know, right? Yes. He is a bitter sob. He holds a grudge like nobody. Yes, he does. What if? This is the ultimate troll. And and, and, he, and the people are like, like, oh, no way. What if he said, okay, I'm collecting my, my $11 million. I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. But I don't care. We're going to lose. I don't care. And he goes and plays and does enough to make it look believable and loses. And then when it's all said and done, because he's so angry, he's done it with his family. Why wouldn't he do it with the Green Bay organization who continued to jerk him around even after the the, the, the love thing, right? And then mm-hmm. you jerk around this organization and then you let it go. You come out and say, yeah, I did it on purpose. I just wanted my $11 million. F them, right? You want a you, you want a Super Bowl? Hold on, think about it. The whole the Green Bay Packers fans have to say, yeah, Aaron, Rod, what? But he's they they're completely blown up. Minds are exploding everywhere because he won a Super Bowl, and he totally jacked the organization around. If you're a fan of an organization, okay, people can be mad. Oh, damn Lions, we we Barry retired early, and 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 Calvin Johnson retired early. What if? One of them did something like that, right? I think about the the rift just in Calvin Johnson. Get paid, the man. I mean, no, keep the Cal- Calvin's trying. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's working at it. But imagine what kind of a troll I would have a whole level of respect that I don't have for Aaron Rodgers if this was absolutely a troll of his on the Packers organization. This would go down in history. As, that's the thing. How do you wreck his legacy? How do you? What do you do? It's it's. You're right. It's not out of character for him to be that. Um, that, that would be great, but I, I got to focus on the football thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to okay. read this, okay. this somewhat depressing tweet from Tim 20, man, our, our friend from the Lions. Good dude, by the way. Um, uh, he said, Aaron Rodgers, 36.8 rating last QB rating last week, the fourth worst of his career since he became a starter. Tim looked at his stats in the games following his previous five worst performances. I can't even read it anymore. Um, he's four and one in those next games with a combined 117.7 passer rating, 13 TDs, one interception and average 316.8 yards per game. That is also necessary context for what might happen Monday night, <laughs> especially with we, we spent half an hour on the show talking about the secondary and how inexperienced it is and how, you know, we're, we're encouraged by it, but they also got to play a hell of a lot better. Um, We did not touch on the complete lack of a pass rush that the Lions did not have in week one. They got one sack from Tracy Walker on a blitz where Jimmy Garoppolo was like, oh, crap, that was my guy. (laughs) He's turtled um, because he he knew it. His line made the right call, so it was a very good blitz by Walker. But Romeo Okwara got, uh, I think he got three QB pressures. Uh, One other Lion got one. Uh, that was it. I'm so. going to tell you another stat, though, on, on Aaron Rodgers. It, his his QB rating was, what was it, 30? 35, let me look at it, 36.8. He would have had a higher QB rating if he threw every ball in the dirt. That's correct. Now, yes. 
that has to be on purpose. <laughs> again, I, I, I can play so, the so, so like, like he again, was right? off, and again, but, he didn't have his left tackle. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't even hardly practice with Goff the first didn't team have this his left tackle. He didn't practice with his team. Come on, this is the great Aaron Rodgers quote, Joe Buck. Um, come on. <laughs> I really dislike that guy. The other, just, the other side, their defense also stunk. Jameis Winston threw for five touchdowns on 20 passes, 148 yards. There's only been one quarterback in NFL history who threw for that many touchdowns with that few of yards and attempts. And it happened to happen against the Lions back in the day, say, too. Of course it did. <laughs> of course it did, Chris. Uh, it, I think that was just one of those games where, like, it was everything just came up Saints. Um, and, and God bless them. And they're, they're a good football team. I, I don't want to demean them at all. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think the Saints are going to play that good again. Um, and I don't think that the Packers are going to play that poorly again though it would be really really nice if they did monday night here's <laughs> here's the here's the fool's gold and i talk about it in, in week one all the time right there's so many yeah. variables outside the of houston just really... texans won a blowout win last week that is that more evidence too. than you ever need for week one because no, they're not no. winning again <laughs> i don't care if DraftKings ever comes back as a sponsor never bet on week one i'm just telling you it's just a bad bad scene <laughs> um the the, the you heard my radio spot this week. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Detroit Lions, we think, right, we're trying to draw. We got two points, first half, second half. We're trying to draw a line that it's going up. Things are going better, right? But, but you only have two. You can only you, you draw a line, but it doesn't mean that that line is going in the right direction. The the two quarters of the Packers were ass, right? They were just flat line ass, so right? Bad. So bad. Week two could be completely different. We could see a continuation of the pattern. We very well could go to Green Bay, and you could see the Detroit Lions play that fourth quarter for four more quarters, and they have clicked. They have they have shown the potential and realized what they could be, and we're now looking at that kind of miracle team, that Cinderella team you see every year that just puts it all together. There's a team that does that. Why not us? Possible. Not saying it's going to happen. You could see the troll of Aaron Rodgers, the fall apart of a team that is inevitable very, very soon. This team is about to, to crumble. We've talked about the Bears. We've talked about the Vikings. This is another team that's on the precipice. They really need to get that's, some stuff together. Chris, that's why we're so excited apart. about the future in Detroit, because all three of those teams could be falling off at the exact same time. The opportunity is there for the Lions. As that's why man. this getting the experience for the young guys this year, don't worry about the wins this year. Worry about player development. Worry about getting guys better from point A to point B. From week one to week eighteen, that's when this will pay off. Now, I, I, I'm excited about that because what we saw in week one from those other three teams was very real chances that their windows might be closing sooner than we thought, and yep. sooner than they thought. Yep. And we can all hope that that happens. Now, I say um, all by those the things. by the way, the Packers just uh, this came up in the, in the Slack this morning. Who's their defensive coordinator? Joe Barry. Where was Joe Barry? He was Rod Marinelli's defensive coordinator in Detroit. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Now, okay, so th- that'll take you. Okay, that's that's right now. This is what we named the drink. We that's why we named it the Resurrection last week on Game Day Drinks. Now, and, and it won. It, it won. Mike Hodges named it. I want to take it to Thanks, the other Mike. side. <laughs> I, I want to take guy. it to the other side. <laughs> that's probably not what's going to happen here, right? 
We're we're not Correct. we're not we're not going to see the Lions fourth quarter team for four quarters. We're not going to see four quarters of that, that Packers team again. Aaron Rodgers no. is probably not trolling the Green Bay Packers and the rest of the NFL. I would love that. There that would that's a story again that would live in the NFL for generations and would absolutely change the face of player and organizational um, relations. It would it would completely shift so much. It would be so impactful. I would love it. Likely not what's going on. No, I, I can, but, you can dream. But, but can, from a short term standpoint, though, can you imagine? Like, like I live on Lake Michigan. Like, like you know, Milwaukee is like ninety miles that way. Green Bay is like one hundred and thirty five miles that way. I can hear their radio every night. The the just communal devastation that would happen if the Lions went in there on Monday. this particular Lions team with the expectations oh. that they have oh my God. with, with the way that the, the Packers media in particular has treated Dan Campbell this off season. Oh. If they went in there and smoked them on Monday night football, like Chris, you, you know, I'm not a gloater. I'm not a trash talker. I would be real tempted to break those. Would, those you, codes. would you call into the post game show? <laughs> Will you if they, if they pull one out like that? Would you call into the post game show? I, I, I would. I would be very tempted to really rub some we'll, noses we'll in it, and you we'll you know that's you. very out of character for me. Yeah, but that yeah. would be that would be that would be hell of fun, man. <laughs> It'd be like '80s Lions and Packers all over again. Uh, <laughs> um, the Forrest Greg era. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is something. This is going to be an interesting game. My prediction is not a Lions win. My my prediction is. That the Lions are going to play well, You're, they're going to have errors along the way. We're going to see a lot of what we saw. It'll be an entertaining game. I just don't see the Lions pulling this one out. If they do, O M G, burn the place down, flip some cars. Detroit is going, baby, because that would be crazy. This coaching staff could do it, and that's what I want to put out there. I don't, I don't see it on any on a, any normal football thinking doesn't see the Lions pulling out this victory. But this isn't a normal year with a normal Packers team and a normal Lions team and a normal Lions coaching staff. There's there's possibility. There's potential. My sense, my brain tells me it's it's the Packers game. My heart says, oh, God, would I love, would I love to see the the dejection, the, the, the horror of... Green Bay after a Lions oh win at Lambeau. That would be so glorious. They've so already, glorious. They've already walked back this past this game. I don't I want to say the team has, and that's probably one of the things that hurt the Lions is that the, the, the Packers did get so beaten last week that they are not able to look past the Lions this week. That's one of the things you would kind right. of hope for. They are they have to look to the Lions and play this game. So that's that's tough. But boy, yep. to pull a win out. It would be. It would be. It's un. I would. I would unlikely. be so happy. God, it would be great. So, so you are again breaking down the the pregame show with with Mr. Tony Ortiz this week, are you not? Yes, on Friday week tomorrow, Herman Moore interview. Let's not forget. Watch your get your subscribe in right now. Throw a like on yeah. the weekend. Get your subscribe in and hit the bell so you know when that Herman Moore interview goes live tomorrow. It is spectacular and it has it's, a it's lot. It's great. Herman Herman was phenomenal. Oh, just, yeah. just just so awesome. There's a <laughs> lot more than Herman there too. I'm just going to tell you. You want to watch it. For sure, you want to see it the second it drops. A uh, lot of good stuff, uh, including, I, I'm, not, I'm just going to allude to it. There's some serious giveaways starting up. Serious. There are things there. that you will like as Lions fans that will reward you for being yeah. Lions fans coming very soon. Triple eggplant <laughs> emoji. 
I'll tell you that. All right, so we got that going on. Uh, a lot of good stuff. I do want to hit really quick before we go further. Um, t-shirts, DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. Any t-shirt you buy, $4 goes to Fisher House to support our vets. We're trying to build a Fisher House at the VA down in Detroit. It's a $300,000 number we're trying to raise. We're really working for that. Any any shirt you buy, $4 goes to it. Or you can go to GiveButter.com slash FHM slash DLP and donate cash direct. Our guy Floundericious is doing a match of $100 every time, every time through the end of the month that we do this. So please, guys, take advantage of that map, that match, double your money. We've got a super duper giving person in Floundericious to to match that money up to 100 bucks. Go go out, give some money. Let's sell some shirts. Let's make this happen. Um, $4 from every shirt, again, goes to Fisher House. Let's help these vets. It's a tough time for them. And that's we're through the end of September. We're really driving to help those guys out and gals out because um, let's we, we need to stand behind them. They've done a lot for us. All right. Uh, Amen to any, that. Anything else? Uh, do you want to do a prediction for the Around the Vision, the, the Green Bay, uh, Michigan, <laughs> Green Bay and uh, Lions game? I, I I saw that the early line was ten and a half. Um, I like the Lions to cover. I don't like them to win outright, Ooh. but I, I think they'll cover the ten and a half points. I um, and by the way, I, on the huge show um, when I was in studio, and I will be a uh, quick self promotion. Um, I will be on the huge show every Monday through football season in studio um, from the four o'clock hour through the middle of the five o'clock hour. Um, every Monday and I started this past Monday and I uh, had a very good time with that. And I did, in fact, before I saw the line predicted that it would be 10 and a half. So <laughs> I got if, that going for me. If only the huge. <laughs> so is as big as us. No, no, check that. That's right. Thanks to Bill for, yeah. for, for giving me a platform back and uh, being in the studio in Grand Rapids again. is awesome for me. I enjoy it. And they're on all sorts of stations. I live in Holland. You can listen to it on 99.7 and 1450 Holland's hometown station, WHTC. Yeah. Huge. There you go. Huge props <laughs> to Bill, right? Really good stuff. Yes. Like, like, like go. Really appreciate him doing that because Riz is the man and deserves all of that and more. All right, with that, uh, I think we've covered it, Riz. We did a, we did, oh, God, we've been almost two hours. We, 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 we went very long here, and my wife is letting me know, so uh, it's probably time for us to kill it. <laughs> All right. Don't forget to us on Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get access to the Slack, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. See Riz, see me, see Ash, see all the folks. Every day you can interact directly with us. Don't miss Herman Moore tomorrow. You've got to see it. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. You will see and you will be amazed. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast, and at Jeff Risden, the most pants-free Twitter you'll ever see this side of OnlyFans. And give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Also, be sure to go to the Detroit Lions Podcast and subscribe to the podcast so we can pop into your pants automatically. I don't know why. So that you carry us in a pocket. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we are your Detroit Lions and Reddit. Maybe something else. Connection. That's a tease right there. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.